you may be aware of this, but children go through many different stages. And with so many children, um, we have the opportunity to experience a lot of different stages in my home. Um, There's always something being said that's either funny or surprising or intriguing or smart, sometimes dumb, but also there are times where they say things they're not even allowed to say. Um, we, we, run the, we run the gambit of, of stages, so we have those right now that, that just want to sleep in, and it's so painful to wake up at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning. Um, those that are awake at five because, you know, um, someone thought they'd miss something. But our, our six-year-old Bobby is, he's in the best day ever stage. Now, you, you, may, not, you may not remember this stage, but, but let me explain it a little bit to you. Bobby has a lot of best day evers. And it, and it really doesn't take much um, for Bob to have a best day. I, I mean, it could take ice cream or a, a fun new game, or watching his favorite show, or, or even just snuggles with mom, and it leads to his best day ever. Huh. Bob and I differ in this view. Um, I, I don't recall the last time I said, oh, this is the best day ever. Now, don't get me wrong, my, my wedding the birth of my children, um, coming to salvation. These are all like best days, but I don't just sit and and say, this is the best day. Now, perhaps perhaps you're sitting here this morning and, and you're relating a little bit to my view. I mean, things can be good. I mean, things, things can even be great, but I'm not sure about like best day ever. And then there's others who are, who are cheering more like Bob, right? More woo and more who. But this morning, we're going to look at Psalm 92. And as we prepare to open up our Bibles, I want to provide just a, a quick reminder of just how amazing the book of Psalms is. The feelings captured The words that are shared through these pages are able to give us a voice. So many times I have felt comfort and encouragement and challenge and hope in these pages. And Psalm 92 fits in each of those categories. Follow along in your copy of God's Word as I read Psalm 92. It is good to praise the Lord. And make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night, to the music of the ten-string lyre and to the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord. I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. Senseless people do not know. Fools do not understand. That though the wicked spring up like grass, And all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. You have exalted my horn 
like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. My eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age and they will stay fresh and green proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. I have, I have just three points this morning. Um, these are not original to me, uh, but they work really well, so I just would encourage us to use them. The first is God's praise, God's power, and God's promise. And we can see Psalm 92 broken up into these sections, verses 1 through 4 being God's praise, 5 through 9 being God's power, and then 10 through 15 being God's promise. Now, I, re- I really shouldn't get too far ahead into this text without highlighting the heading of this song. A song, a song for the Sabbath day. This is not a heading that you will find in any other psalm. Now, I I could be completely alone, but has there ever been a Sunday morning where you just didn't feel like coming to church? Maybe this morning is your morning. You weren't bubbling over with worshipful feelings. You walked through these doors more out of routine than desire. Maybe you're struggling with with feelings of whether or not to come back after the pandemic. Maybe it feels just better at home. Maybe you don't like the way you've been able to connect to the attenders here. Maybe you're waiting for Pastor Joel to return from sabbatical. Maybe you're here this morning because someone just drug you here. Sunday worship is a normal part of our lives, especially here in Lancaster County. So for many of us, it isn't necessarily a question of attending. The issue is our heart and its condition. And that is where Psalm 92 is going to be helpful. Maybe you need to be challenged, given hope, encouragement, or even comfort. We don't want to just go through the motives. We don't want to just show up. And the the major theme in this psalm is that the people of God us, should be a people of praise. People of God, being people of praise, is more than just showing up. Now, it's easy to allow the struggles of the week, the difficulties, the stress, the busyness to push this out. We quickly become a people of complaining a people of disappointment, a people of fear, a people of staying, just saying stupid things on social media. It is just too easy. This song for the Sabbath day is a wonderful reminder of who God is, who we are, and why He is worthy of our praise, not just one day a week, but day after day, every single day. So let's look at God's praise. 
verse 1, truly represents the theme of the chapter. It is good to praise the Lord. It is certainly good. It is certainly fitting and it is certainly right to praise God. It is good. God is declaring that it is good. He's declaring that it's good to praise Him. I mean, where else have you read God declaring that something is good? Genesis chapter 1, creation, it was good. Our praise, our worship, our thankfulness is good, and God declares it so. Psalm 147 verse 1 echoes these words. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise Him. It is good to praise God. And in verse 2, we see two examples of His character. Those moments where you find yourself lost in how to praise. When you find yourself stumbling over words to offer up. This is a great example. Proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness is at night. Start with God's character. This is who He is. Lamentations chapter 3 verses 21 to 24 says this, Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, and therefore I will wait on Him. In the beginning of a brand new day, new mercies abounding. As the sun fills the sky, Offer up words of praise for the love that God showers us with, that God shows us. In the quiet of the night, as we reflect and we even plan for the next day, and we're worn and we're tired, offer up words of praise for the faithfulness that God has carried you through another day. Morning and evening. Morning. And evening, and morning, and evening, and morning, and evening, and you will be praising God continually. Praising morning and night. We make time for what's important to us. I mean, you can tell what someone values by what they schedule in their day. I am fascinated. I've always been fascinated by the time that people wake up in the morning. I just find it interesting at, at how people set their time on how they'll start their day. Not how many snooze alarms you hit or how many alarm clocks you need, but how, what time you start your day. And those really successful people, most of them are getting up by 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. I had a discussion one day with, with Dr. Peter Tegg, who was the president at Lancaster Bible College, and we were talking about when he starts his day. Four in the morning, he would start his day. And so my follow-up question is always, what time do you go to bed? And he would shoot for nine. 
And I'm not saying you have to adjust what time you wake up in the morning. But maybe you need to take time this afternoon to look at your schedule and to make sure what's important is on it. Maybe for you it is needing to get up early, to spend time exercising and spending time in the Word, especially in the quiet of the morning. Maybe you need to set limits on what time you go to sleep. It is hard to wake up at 5 when you go to bed at 2. But we are called to praise God in the morning. Praise God in the evening. Praising God for His creation and the works of His hand is what we see in verse 4. Too often we miss opportunities to praise God for these things. We're moving too fast. We move too fast to see His creation. We're too focused on the phone in our hands or even just trying to capture the right picture of it. And we miss it. We overlook it. The universe God created is is big. The more chances that you have to see the work of His hands, the better. But even if you only make it as far as your own backyard, you could spend a lifetime offering up praises for what He's created. Look more at verse 4 with me. For you make me glad, and I sing for joy. Ha, being glad and joyful. I do recognize I am the one pointing this out. Joyful and glad, not necessarily words that that describe me. But we should be joyful. We should praise Him with joy and gladness. This should be at like best day ever levels. Let me remind you of verse 1. It is good to praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, it is good for us to praise with joy and gladness. Praising God with emotion is not a bad thing. It would be easy to to stand here and point out for you moments and situations in your life where, where you have displayed joy and gladness loudly and with lots of emotion. I mean, there are moments experiences and situations that you have been in that you have shown joy and gladness with abandon. I'm just asking the question, why is it so hard for us to outwardly show joy and gladness in our worship and praise? Even in my personal time with God, I'm not sure I display joy and gladness. John Piper wrote, our quest is not merely joy, it is joy in God. Perhaps this is why it's so hard for me to show joy in my worship. My quest is merely joy. My quest is is joy in what I, I picture it to be. Not joy in God, joy in the things that make me happy. 
It's hard to approach praise and worship with joy and gladness when it's still me and not in God. And, oh, our quest is for joy in God. And then lastly, we were to praise Him corporately. Now, I, I may be reaching a bit in here to make this point, but we're to make music. We're to sing with instruments. We see this in verses 1 and 3. I've had the privilege, and it is an amazing privilege, to sing praises and hymns and choruses in so many different settings. On mountaintops and villages, in house churches, surrounded by huge stained glass windows, in arenas, in concerts, in my living room, in my car. And as much as I love to sing, it is always, it is always better with others. Singing and making music. Don't, don't miss out on this wonderful gift that singing and worshiping and praising with brothers and sisters in this space is. Those moments when you are lifting up your voice and you are covered with other voices lifting and proclaiming those same words. It's overwhelming. It's joyful. How great is it to hear other voices, other music, lifting up and proclaiming the God we love. It is good to praise the Lord in this way. We are able to praise His character. We're able to praise Him continually. We're able to praise Him with joy and gladness. And we're able to praise Him with singing and instruments. And it is good. And God has declared it good. And this brings us to our second point, God's power. Verses 5 through 9, How great are your works, Lord! How profound your thoughts! Senseless people do not know, fools do not understand, that though the wicked spring up like grass, and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever, but you, Lord, are forever exalted. For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish, all evildoers will be scattered. Psalmness here even begins to shift his praise a little bit. How great are your works, Lord. How profound are your thoughts. He sees God correctly. He's looking through the correct lens at what he is looking at. He understands that God is God. He understands that God is much larger Your deeds, the work of your hands, your thoughts. God is larger than anything he can imagine. But there are some. These senseless people. These fools who do not understand. They do not see. And their response is to reject God. These fools. Psalm 14, chapter 
chapter, Psalm chapter 14, verse 1, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. Fools. Only a fool thinks there is no God. Fools. Only a fool cannot see God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Fools. Senseless. Wicked. In verse 7, though the wicked spring up like grass, and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. Wicked. They spring up like grass. The evildoers flourish. Along the creek side and throughout the property, we have our share of plants and weeds. There is one particular weed that if I had a nemesis, this would be it. Oh, it grows fast. It wreaks havoc. It is, it is the worst creation on the planet. It attaches itself to anything and if it is able, oh, and it is able, it will pull the plant down that it attaches itself to. As soon as I kill it, I remove it, I poison it, I burn it, I yell at it, it does not matter, it continues to grow. There are some summers where I completely give up and just let it run. And it just covers everything. But not this summer. This summer, I'm still fighting. It's the beginning of July, and I'm still battling it. But yesterday, I took that picture, and it is growing all over one of our blueberry bushes. I hate that weed. We call it creeper in my house. We do not like creeper. While the wicked may get to enjoy a moment of happiness... While the wicked may get to enjoy success in this life, it is just a moment. Their end is destruction. That weed often feels unstoppable, uncontrollable, but it doesn't last. Everyone who opposes God will be punished forever. They will be destroyed forever. We all know fools. We all know senseless people who do not know, who do not understand, who choose not to hear. We offer praise to our great God knowing that it is through His power that fools come to Him. We were all once senseless and foolish. The wicked may have their moment, but God has eternity. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. I do not think it's a mistake. I do not think it was just happenstance 
that the psalmist put, they will be destroyed forever next to, but you, Lord, are forever exalted. This is clearly a psalm of praise. Verse 8, this is, this is the key verse. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. We offer praises to God. We praise his power and we praise his promises. And he is praised forever. There are many who oppose God. And it seems this number grows daily. Those who, who we count as foolish, those we count as wicked, there will be an end. The world will come to an end. All of this will cease to exist. God will make all things right. Every knee will bow, his name will be praised, and his rule is forever. That is worthy of praise. For surely your enemies, Lord, Surely your enemies will perish. The evildoers scattered. We praise God for his power. As children of God, it's easy. It is too easy for us to be tempted when we look at the prosperity of the wicked with envious hearts. It is too easy for us to look over the fence and see that they don't have the weeds I have. It's, it's even easy just to be frustrated with the lack of justice that I think people deserve. Spring up like grass. They will flourish. But we see comfort, encouragement, challenge, and hope in these words. We have a reminder of what is to come. The foolish, the wicked, the evildoers, the enemies will not stand. They will not flourish. It is God who will reign forever. It is God who will be exalted forever. It is God who we will praise forever. And it's God's power that we will praise. That is best day ever stuff. Brings us to our final point. God's promise, and we see this in verses 10 through 15. The psalmist here uses a lot of imagery to help us see that, that God will give strength and stability and longevity to those who he claims are his. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on my, on my head. When you hear verse 10, are you thinking strength and stability? Horn of an ox and, and oils. But that's exactly what they're pointing to. Both strength and, and reference to the horn and restoration with the reference to the oil. Both strength and restoration are ours as believers. I want to say that one more time. Your heart may need to hear that today. Strength is yours because you are His. Restoration is yours because you are His. 
wonderful promises. We praise God for his promises to us. Verse 11, my eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. I want you to notice that when he was previously writing about the enemies earlier, they were the Lord's. Now they're his, my adversaries. God's enemies are his enemies and foes. Do you feel that way? When we speak of the foolish, when we speak of the senseless, when we speak of the wicked and the evildoers and the enemies of God, do you see them as your enemies too? Now while the wicked are described as grass, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. What a great contrast. Right? Grass and strong trees. Oh. Grass grows quick. But it fades. Strong trees grow slow. But they remain strong. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. This is more contrast. In verse 7, the evildoers flourish and they will be destroyed forever. Here the righteous still flourish in the courts of God, which is forever. Flourishing forever and destroyed forever. The strength needed to flourish, to grow doesn't come from anything that you do or that you bring. It comes from the strength of the Lord and He supplies it for us. This is another moment where I may be speaking directly to you this morning. Maybe your heart needs to hear this promise too. The Lord has promised us growth and to flourish, and the strength needed to do those very things come from Him. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. The strength you need to flourish is being renewed day by day. You may not see it outwardly, but the day is coming. Bearing fruit in old age, and they will stay fresh and green. I am, I am not a young man anymore. Um, some would say that I'm middle-aged. Those that are middle-aged may say I'm a little older than that, but um, I was not always this distinguished and wise. Um, I used to be foolish and arrogant. This has led to a lot of mistakes and a lot of apologies. Um, I have asked many, if not most or all, of my previous students that have come through my ministry for forgiveness for something dumb that I have said, something dumb that I've done, or in some cases didn't even do. 
point is, I am constantly learning, constantly growing, constantly maturing. These are really good things. And this isn't just me. You're on the same path. The approach we take when we become more mature changes. We see a much larger picture than we did when we were younger. And we're able to recognize much more quickly what is important. Spend time with a 20-year-old or someone in their 20s. Their approach is much differently to someone who is much more their senior. Recognizing what is important, oh, much more. Um, speak to a parent of one child. They're overwhelmed. Speak to a parent of a lot of children, and they're like, we had a good day. We only had six kids with us the other day. You mature, you grow. God promises us fruit in our old age. What a glorious promise that is. Praise Him for that. The God of the universe will still give you the gift of fruit as you age and mature. You will savor those opportunities much differently than when you were younger. You recognize that they do not come as often as you think. When God provides you the opportunity to be a part of fruit, oh, you see it much differently as you mature. More often than not, the lives we live, they're not sprints, quick, and bursts. Like they're slow marathons. It's about pace and strides. We come to verse 15 and we see the psalm end with praise to God. The Lord is upright, He's my rock, and there is no wickedness in Him. If we are honest with ourselves, we will agree that it is, it's just too easy for us to see things through a narrow lens. We, we get ourselves hyper-focused on a particular issue or even a person and we completely lose sight of everything else. We're too easily discouraged. We're too easily frustrated of, of what is happening or what is not happening based upon the relationship to what we want. We're often tempted to lose hope or to even lack passion for God. Psalm 92 can serve as a source of clarity. It's a reminder of who God is and of the hope and encouragement we have as believers, as children of God. We have been given sight to see God rightly. And we know in the end He will reign 
and reign forever. This clarity, this understanding, this knowledge should lead us to praise. Best day ever praise. The clarity should lead us to praise God, to praise Him for His power, and to praise Him for His promises. This clarity, this praise, God has declared it good. And because it is good, oh, it will provide you with lots of best days. I want to close with this quote from James Montgomery Boyce. This is what he wrote. Worshiping God is a glorious, splendid, delightful, and most reasonable thing to do. Psalm 92 provides for us oh, words that, that show us that it's glorious, that it's splendid, that it's delightful, and it is most reasonable. It is good to praise the Lord, and the Lord will be forever exalted. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are, oh, we are grateful Oh, that we can come together as a body. Father, I, I thank you for the men and women who have sat in this room this morning, those in the 830 service and those here in the 1030 service. Father, I, I pray that you would continue to work in our lives, that you would continue to allow us to see the many works of your hands, that we would all oh, be amazed and filled with praise. That even in those moments where we don't feel like we have the words or we don't feel oh, like we are getting a fair shake, would we still be reminded of the great things you have done? That you will reign, that your kingdom will have no end, and we will praise you. Father, you have declared it good for us to praise. Would we be reminded of that daily in the morning and the evening? That we would do so continually. Would we look to lift up our other brothers and sisters in Christ and provide for them hope and encouragement and comfort and even challenge? Would we point ourselves to this psalm? Would we point ourselves to the work of your Son. Father, we recognize that all of this is possible through Him. This is not because of our strength. This is not because of our knowledge. This is because of the sacrifice that your Son has made on our behalf. In your kindness to us. Oh, and we give you praise for that. Father, we pray all these things in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's name. And all his people said, Amen.